One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's happening, Rush Nation? It is Murph here, and throwing the bit of curveball this way is uh, I did have a wonderful guest lined up, and unfortunately at the last minute, it's... uh, it's not gone according to plan, and uh, they've had to cancel, unfortunately. So um, it didn't. I didn't really want to leave it without doing a podcast. I wanted to get something out to you. So we're going to do a little bit, something a little bit different today, and I'm going to talk about it in just a second. So before I do that, just want to uh, talk about Manscaped. And you know, do you like playing with balls? And I don't mean about footballs. I mean your balls. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, want you to look after your below-the-belt region with the Tom Brady of ball trimmers. And I'm talking about the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. So only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. We are going towards the end zone. Make sure that you are right. You have the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. Two million men worldwide trust us to join the movement with our exclusive offer and use the code 5yard at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. That's the code 5yard for 20% off and free shipping. Now, as I sort of mentioned, did have a guest planned. I did tease it on the pod earlier, and unfortunately, I said last minute, these things 
do happen. So what I'm going to do is talk about lessons from week two. But what I'm also going to do is I'm going to see anybody who's watching on the live stream who wants to get involved. And you can come on, have a chat for a few minutes and uh, talk about your feelings for week two from a fantasy perspective. And so if you're keen to do that, then um, all you need to do is drop me a DM and I'll send you the link and I'll just add you in and let's do something crazy. Let's just have a conversation. Let's see how things go. So if you are interested in in joining up, just send me a DM on Twitter. My handle is there. And um, we'll just talk some fancy football. I can answer some questions if you've got any and you can just get involved. And if not, absolutely fine. It'll be me talking for about 30 minutes or so and we, we see what happens. I'm going to get started, but it will mean I will look at my phone every now and again just to check for messages. So uh, I will be doing that. Let's talk about week two. And it was obviously a really, really good week of football. Um, I felt that the more the uh, first slate of games, the afternoon, early evening slate of games, I felt really lacked. I don't know. Normally, there's like this drama tension. There's loads of storylines. I kind of felt that it was a bit flat. And I don't know if everyone else kind of got that similar impression. I just felt the scoring was a bit lower than expected. There wasn't really that many high-scoring games. I, I felt that the best game on was really Houston v Cleveland. I don't think I would have picked that from the slate beforehand. There was definitely some drama towards the end of games, but I felt like scoring was a lot lower. A lot of teams were in single digits of scoring going into the third or even the fourth quarter. And there were some real themes that I took away. And I, I definitely think the evening slate games were better. Sunday night football was was great. And I think it's there's some things I've definitely learned from this week that I've taken away. One of the big things for me is, and I mentioned this on, on last week's pod, and it's something that's still quite apparent, is that there is a real distinct sort of lack of, of significant rushing stars and stats. Derek Henry aside, he had a massive day. I mean, Derek Henry in the late slate really did make up for everyone. But other than him and Chubb, wasn't really strong, huge rushing performances. A lot of uh, stars sort of letting down their teams. And it's the second week in a row that I've kind of picked up on this trend. It seems to be very difficult to get a lot of people putting up significant uh, rushing yard stats. I, I mentioned last week there was just uh, four players who went over 100 yards. And this week, I think there was only two or three um so it was even even less and it's a real concern you know especially if you were one of these people who went running back running back heavy i mean obviously people like christian mccaffrey have uh, are going to continue to produce because of that that element of, of catching the football and, and they get the all-purpose yards that tops them up over 100 so there's no real concern about him but you look at um for example just even look at, at, at dallas Tony Pollard went over 100 yards on the ground, but Zeke didn't. Uh, Tony Pollard is the RB9 on the year so far. Uh, Zeke, I think, is down at RB25. So, it, you know, Alvin Kamara pretty much didn't do a whole, a whole lot yesterday, um, nor didn't put up big numbers in, in week one. David Montgomery's plodding along nicely. Mixon's plodding along okay. Uh, but there aren't really these sort of breakout big star performers. Aaron Jones blanked week one. He's got tonight potentially to turn that to turn that round. And I think just looking at the trends, it seems to be that teams are doing more committee work running the football. Look at Thursday night football, Antonio Gibson and 
JD McKissick. And we knew there weren't going to be tons of bell cow backs, but it seems to be even the ones we thought might be or get heavy touch workloads aren't getting those. And that's a real interesting thing. And so that's something I really am paying attention to week to week is just keeping an eye on, on these rushing stars and rushing stats because an RB2 performance right now, and I need to do a full breakdown of the numbers, and I haven't done that yet, could be potentially sort of wide receiver three, wide receiver four numbers. And so that's something going forward. If, you, if you've if you drafted these guys, I'm starting to get the feeling that maybe putting running backs in your, in your flex spots might not be the way forward. The Raiders is something I've definitely taken some peak interest in, not just their performances, but the way that they're playing right now. You look at, for example, you look at Derek Carr. Derek Carr has been incredible so far in the way that he's playing. And he's playing to a very, very, very high level right now. And what's interesting about him is he's always a player that kind of gets, he kind of gets the brunt end of it. He's kind of someone that's never seen to get elite numbers. He's never someone that's viewed as like an elite quarterback. But he is someone that is putting up very solid numbers. You know, he's a QB. Uh, what is he now? The QB eight on the season, I think. Yeah, he's the QB eight on the season. We've got Aaron Rodgers to go tonight, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to surpass him. So QB eight on the season, and I mean he's not really that. I mean he's not that close to Kyler Murray, but he is only eight points, nine points behind Tom Brady, for example. Whichever two games, four and a half points. You think Tom Brady's thrown nine touchdowns? It's quite extraordinary when you come to think about it that Derek Carr is playing at that higher level and he's keeping up with some of the stat leaders in in that area. And the way that they're spreading the ball, I mean, Henry Ruggs looks good. Uh, Brian Edwards is catching balls. He's definitely someone that, that if you drafted him, you've done very well on and someone that it could be of peak interest. Darren Waller, it's not all going through Darren Waller like it was last year. There's a lot of usage being spread around and everybody's kind of getting getting pieces. So I think that everyone kind of fades the Raiders as a fantasy offense, but they are someone that they're a team that are really performing quite well right now and, and definitely wants to, to watch and potentially pick up off, off the waiver wire. Other potential learning points are the Giants, for example, again, very similar. I think I said this on the waiver wire pod earlier that their team right now is really, really interesting in the sense of Daniel Jones has been extremely good so far uh, this season, even though they've, They've lost both games. You know, he is the QB5 so far on the season. He's only less than a point and a half behind Lamar Jackson. He was basically free in drafts. So he's someone who's performing at a high level and he's doing a lot with his legs. But Sterling Shepard, basically free in drafts, doing really well. You've got uh, Darius Slayton. You know, these guys who were not sort of premium draft picks are all really performing. Like Sterling Shepard is the wide receiver. I'm just checking now. He was the wide receiver 14 in the standings, the wide receiver 11 in half point PPR. Me sandwiched between Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb after two games. I mean, that's just quite incredible when you, when you look at that. So I think for me, it's, it is really fascinating to see teams that we didn't feel would be very good for fantasy. Again, Brandon Cooks is another one, a player who we kind of thought, well, don't want any part of the Texans. But, you know, he's right up there in, in the stats column. You know, he's the wide receiver 10. Uh, he's got, he's literally just behind Tyreek Hill. 
So you're looking at these so far, and I appreciate it's a really small sample size. It's really early in the season. I'm not trying to get overhead, but what's interesting is these stars haven't quite yet got going. Obviously, a few have, have risen to the crop. I mean, we look at Kyler, for example, looks absolutely phenomenal. But, you know, we're still looking at some of these guys still to really produce and, and put on big numbers. And I think that will happen as weeks go on. But there is seeming to be a little bit of those teams that are nearer the top, perhaps are playing a little bit cautiously, maybe just thinking about rotation more, thinking about that extra game, thinking about more time. And these are some of the conclusions I'm looking to see. Um, I'm even looking at players like, but there is some positive trends among some of the stars. I looked at Jonathan Taylor, for example, is leading the NFL in or running backs in terms of touches inside the 10. You know, there is some positive outliers and positive sort of trends that peripherals that kind of are working in players' favors right now. It's just about showing a bit of patience. So it's not, uh, it's a don't panic. It's to make sure that, you know, you back the players that you, you drafted. But it, I think, you know, where leagues are going to be won this year from what we're seeing from these sort of teams like Houston and uh, Detroit and the Giants and the Raiders is these sort of fringe teams, quote unquote, who we didn't really want too much fancy. Uh, there is some value on those teams. And if you drafted them, you're in you're in a pretty good spot. Last uh, team I kind of learned something from and a lesson from me is about the Falcons and how you know how disorganized they look i i you know i think we know that the defense was always going to be a bit of a problem but even on offense they just look very very disorganized they they, they don't look like a cohesive unit right now uh, matt ryan looks a bit a bit lost and you're thinking about the fact that they've traded julio jones and you're sitting there thinking well this is time for calvin ridley he doesn't really have a lot of uh, competition for targets and He's not going to have a lot of competition uh, all over, really. And yet he's wide receiver 31 after two games. And all right, nothing to worry about. I mean, he's in company with like Stefan Dixon, Justin Jefferson. So, you know, I'm not trying to trying to panic so far, but they just can't seem to use their weapons uh, right now. And, you know, people were expecting the, the pits breakout. I mean, again, I'm not trying to cause panic, but it's, it's not happened after two weeks. I, I don't know when and if it might happen this season. He looked definitely much better this week than he did last week. But really, if you're looking at explosive players on the Falcons right now, it's Cordell Patterson. He's the one that looks like he's making things happen. And I'm a little bit concerned if you are invested in the Falcons. Mike Davis looks to be a bit of a problem. I think you're looking at um, Russell Gage is definitely not getting the volume that we would expect in that passing offense. And something needs to change. But... It's just the basics. Arthur Smith just looks he looks a little bit out of his depth from what I've seen. It's not just it's not just the coaching. It was not going for it on fourth and one, but then going for it on fourth and two in pretty much same field position. Just it just speaks to me of I don't understand that. Like the next possession, just the time of the game hasn't changed all that much. The score hasn't changed. The situation hasn't changed. What made you go for it on fourth and two, but didn't go for it on fourth and one? You just have a lot of questionable, like not trusting your gut. And I'm sure it's a learning process and it will take a bit of time. But I'm just a little bit concerned. They've got a, a very big game against the Giants this week. And I'm just a little bit concerned if I was invested in a lot of the Falcons' offense about what might happen there. So just keep an eye on that. It's something that I've learned and, and a bit concerned about. In terms of things, again, looking at things that, 
I'm trying to just draw from as well. These perceived great defenses haven't been all that great. Uh, you look at Pittsburgh, you look at Miami, you look at uh, Washington. These defenses are getting passed on. Look at Tampa, although, you know, their passing defense was never as good as their run defense. The run defense has still stood out, but the passing defense definitely looks a little bit worse than, than last year, potentially. And I appreciate it's still very early in the season. It does take time to get those those things going, but they're sort of things we didn't expect was these defenses. And yes, there's been injuries and yes, there's been some changes and, and all those sorts of things, but we didn't expect these quote unquote elite defenses to be passed on quite so easily. And yet we're seeing other defenses that we kind of ruled out as ones that are, are really standing up. And I think of Carolina in that regard. So the one thing I would say, and I'm taking from that moving forward is I'm not overly looking at the defensive matchups just yet. And being overly scared. So I'm not looking at thinking, oh, well, they're playing the Steelers D. I was perhaps in my rankings this week very cautious about the Vegas Raiders because I thought, well, they're playing the Steelers D. The Steelers D will be lights out against them. This is quite a big game. And I kind of thought that the Steelers D would, would, would stand up. And, and for the most part, they didn't. And that is, I think, you know, a really good lesson to learn going forward is don't take too much stock of the defences. We've still got a lot to learn. And I think by week four, week five, we'll have a much better picture on who are good defences and who are not. I'm not saying the Steelers are a bad defence, but I adjusted my rankings thinking that Vegas would have a lot less of the ball, that there would be turnovers, that would be all these things. And that's not happened. So I have to go back and think, well, what's what's the part I've got wrong? And it's putting too much stock in those defensive matchups. So sometimes you can overthink this game. And I think that's something that I would have... Uh, learn moving forward if you're just tuning in uh, and you realize i'm just waffling my own uh, unfortunately my guest uh, let me know late last minute that uh, he couldn't make it and so as a result i'm basically inviting anybody who's watching this now who wants to join me on this stream uh, please feel free i haven't had uh, many offers yet but if you are interested in joining you can um, my twitter handle is there just drop me a dm and you can get involved and Let's, let's just have a chat and talk about fantasy from from week two and some lessons learned or if you have any questions you know feel free this is a good time uh to make the most of this um in terms of the the big learnings as well i keep talking about these learnings what i've learned so i've talked about now one of the things is perhaps playing a bit of caution into uh, running backs in the flex situation i think that's something that if you're a bit unsure if you're you know, I'm, I'm, I need to do some analysis and I'm going to put something up this week about uh, what the RB2 scores are. But it looks like to me they're not going to coincide with what wide receivers are doing. And so that says to me quite a lot about how we should be viewing these sort of low-end running back twos. I mean, I'm looking here at the average performances per game of, of guys hovering in the top 24. You know, I'm looking at Kareem Hunt, 10 points a game. Zeke Elliott, 10.8 points a game. This is half point PPR. So PPR, this will shoot up a little bit. And um, I think what we're doing here is we're starting here, especially if you've invested in these running backs. I'm not saying it's always going to be this way, but running the football seems to be much harder this year. And guys aren't getting the elite workload that we potentially thought that they might. And so we have to adjust accordingly. And one of the things I would say is to look at the, at potentially thinking who we're starting in our flex spots. And if you're one of these people that 
went running back heavy and, and tends to put in running backs, as I've mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah, just maybe look at doing something a little a little different and seeing what we can do towards maybe putting those wide receivers in and seeing if that gives us a better overall score. Uh, the other thing, and I put this player in particular, as Antonio Gibson mentioned, that he's obviously not put together elite performances so far this season. Uh, it has been a very, very slow start. He was very similar to this last year. He, he's currently at running back 27. He's right neck. In fact, he's neck and neck with J.D. McKissick um, after two weeks. And I, I, if we just air caution on Antonio Gibson, he was very similar to this last week. He didn't explain out the gate. He's someone that needs to touch the football a lot, and he's someone that will just continue to grow. He's a slow burn, but if you're ranking him as a running back one right now i think you probably need to wait a few weeks you need to wait until he has some sort of breakout week and if you're you've drafted him in the hope and expectation he's gonna be an rb1 all season very rarely happens like that but he isn't getting all those sort of value touches and it looks like whenever it's those longer situations jd mckissick is the one coming in and he's the one that's that's really sort of breaking ground so i think that they are a, a two-headed monster to a degree depending on game situation and that's never always going to be great for Antonio Gibson, I think early on, but I think it, it, it will change. You know, they did let Peyton Barber go. He's at the Raiders now, and they haven't really invested too much more in this in this backfield. So I'm quite content that, that the opportunities will come for Gibson, but I think it will just take a little bit longer than, you know, potentially what people are, are willing to wait on. So we're just just looking at just while I'm switching this way, I'm just looking at what it takes for an RB two to get to be an RB two, and I'm doing this on half point PPR, so you can make um, some small adjustments on on the side. But you know, week two it was nine point four points, and week one it was ten point three points. And if we're looking at similar numbers for wide receiver twos and again we're talking these are just starting numbers we're not even on the wide receiver threes yet if i go all the way down to wide receiver three or running back threes you know this number's around six both weeks it's really worrying about having running backs in the flex and they're just not performing at the levels that we kind of hope six seven points at half point ppr whereas if i switch that to wide receiver wide receiver 36 and obviously it's assuming that you get your selections right Wide receiver 36 was 11.9 points in week one. And in week two, it was 11.9 points. It's the same both weeks. So you're looking at almost double the production of a wide receiver two, uh, wide receiver three to a running back three. So it says to me in your flex, if you're starting a running back, just off this small sample size of two weeks, it's not yielding the points it's not the best way right now to get your total point score up. So you need to potentially consider playing a wide receiver in your flex most weeks, especially in a half point or four point PPR because the HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. 
This is it. This is the year. Enough dreaming about growing my business online. It's time to get serious about selling in my style, as big as I want to grow, because there's nothing I can't do. It's time to get Shopify and take my business to the next level. Whoa, someone's ready to take on the new year. Oh, oh, I thought I was talking to myself there. But heck yeah, 2023 is my year. That's not your average resolution. That's a revolution. It's, it's a, a new, new year's, year's revolution. revolution. Start selling with Shopify to join the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand. From templates that make site design simple to customizations that let you grow at your pace, this is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. That's shopify.com slash free22. Go to shopify.com to start your New Year's revolution today. You've got a bigger safety net, a bigger floor. And right now, that position is yielding more points. More players are reaching those sort of double-digit numbers. If I look down at wide receivers, 39 players got double digits in week two. And there's still one game to go, by the way. So we expect that to be over 40. If I look at this for week one, that number is bigger. 50 players. Just checking if it is 50. Um, yeah, 50, 50 players. So we're looking at the pool of double digit players. So you're talking about 40, 50 players a week are getting over double digits. If you have those players, that's half point PPR. So full point PPR, threshold's even higher. It, it looks like starting running backs in your flex positions is something that you need to probably, at least in the short term, until things regress back, sway away from. Unless you happen to have like three of the top five running backs, then you know, change that approach. So that's that's something I, I've really learned and I'm going to continue to learn about this week. Um, players who uh, didn't really surprise me all this much uh, this week that might have surprised some players, Nick Chubb, uh, I had him ranked very high this week. It looked like a great matchup for him. He really exploited Mike Evans. Everyone was kind of done with Mike Evans after week one. I was like, this is what Mike Evans starts. He has games where he goes missing. Well, not really goes missing. He still contributes in other ways, drawing penalties, drawing fouls. But his stat line will always continue to be like this. And very rarely does he have two bad games in a row. So this was always going to be a bit of a makeup game for him. He's he's well on his way to, you know, the 10 touchdowns that I kind of projected he would get. So it, there's no worries about, my, uh, you know, Mike Evans. And if you drafted him, this, these are the sorts of games you'll have. You'll have game-winning weeks and you'll have game-losing weeks. That's part and parcel of, of playing Mike Evans is is that. But overall, you know, his total point score will, will be good, but his consistency will always be a little bit less of, say, you know, some of those elite players in fantasy football, which is why Mike Evans doesn't go in the first two rounds of a fantasy football draft because he doesn't have that elite elite level about him. Um, so, yeah, they, they were two players that didn't really surprise me. Uh, Tyler Lockett didn't overly surprise me with his scores. Uh, this week, I think you know there's some really interesting themes going on about players who potentially haven't lived up to to expectation, and then those that uh, potentially have. And you know, even Cortland Sutton, you know, he he's someone that had a very very good week. I think there's so many players now that are, are really starting to take off, and in, especially the wide receiver position, we always knew it's deep, but it's it's proving to be really deep. Whereas that running back position seems to be even shallower than ever. So the cream is rising to the top at the QB position. We're already seeing that with the exception of Daniel Jones, 
the the other four guys in the top five are, are players that would have been drafted fairly early in drafts, especially earlier than the, the quote unquote late round QB. Uh, top scoring wide receivers are, are are up there or, or or not very far away, but running back position is seeming to be a little bit in in flux at the moment. So things to things to to note from there. And tight ends. I mean, who 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 doubt Rob Kronkowski? Uh, Rob Kronkowski is someone who seems to be just uh, living his life to the fullest right now um, and hauling in touchdowns every single week. And I mean, he's right up there with Travis Kelsey. There's a big gap between them and, and Darren Waller. And then there's a big gap to him to, to TJ Hawkinson uh, and Noah Fant. So, you know, the tight end position is what it is. Uh, it, if you picked up Gronkowski, you, you've done very well. But if not, it's Kelsey and Waller at the top, as, as you kind of would expect. So, you know, the tight end position is shaking out. It's, it's a bunch of guys. If you invested in those mid-round guys, I can't see a path to them really producing the levels you would expect just based on what we've seen in two weeks. But we'll go from there. Um, if you are just tuning in, thanks very much for joining in live. Uh, really good to have you here. I did say if uh, anybody wants to join in on the live stream, you absolutely can. Just uh, drop me a DM uh, at Murph underscore NFL and feel free to to come along for five minutes. And I'll send you a link and we'll we'll get involved and 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 have a chat. It'd be good to have uh, one of you on. But um, if not, we'll just keep going and uh, talk about players who I think might bounce back in in week three. And it's. <laughs> I think with the running back situation, again, I keep looking at this and thinking, got to be a little bit cautious here at the running back position. But I do think there's some good matchups here that, that can be exploited. Um, right now, I'm looking at James Robinson against the Cardinals. I think they're going to need to run the football, the Jags, just to keep getting possessions. They're, they're really struggling to move the chains. And I think the one thing they'll need to do is, is really start doing that. So I think James Robinson is someone, when I say bounce back, I don't think he's going to sit here and put up an RB one week, but I do think he's someone that should get some more week, despite the fact that they could get um, up quite early. Zach Moss is in for some redemption, it seems. He scored two touchdowns against the Dolphins. Um, I expect him to potentially get his starting place back. He looks, you know, he looks prime. He looks hungry. He's got Washington, so tough team to run the ball on, but I think they will want to control some clock there. I think Zach Moss is someone who could potentially bounce back into um, potentially flex uh, contention. I do think, just looking at the slate here, that Jonathan Taylor against the Titans is someone who could really put up a big week if he's given more of that share. Saquon against the Falcons, you know, this is the one. He, I think he's, you know, he, he doesn't appear to be too hurt. Watch the injury report this week. But I think Saquon is someone who I think could really uh, bounce back to some levels, especially against that Falcons team. You know, Rojo and and Fournette look pretty good uh, running the football against uh, the Falcons. And I think uh, a lot of teams could potentially run the football on the Falcons this year. So uh, maybe they open the taps a little bit on Saquon this year. Uh, Harris against the Saints. I mean, Christian McCaffrey didn't get 100 yards uh, rushing, but he, he did definitely pummel that Saints D. And I think certain things could happen uh, again there. Uh, looking at the Broncos against the Jets, they could definitely that two-headed monster of Williams and Gordon, if they can work together, there could be some bounce backs for them. Receiving-wise, Keenan Allen has been pretty disappointing 
so far this year and he's got the Chiefs. So I expect him to get targeted heavily in, in a big game. I really expect him to come along in, in that one. Um, Panthers against the Texans. Looks like Davis Mills is going to get the start. So expect uh, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore to get quite a considerable amount of work in that game. Potential other bounce back players. Uh, Saints against the Patriots. That's an interesting one. I think they're going to have to put the ball in the air. Callaway, Johnson. I think any of those receivers got to be trying to do something. But I think Kamara, if they don't get Kamara going in that game, they might as well walk off the field. So I think Kamara is due for for some form of redemption. Uh, we can bounce back week this week. So I'd definitely be looking at him as well. And I think Dak Prescott against the Eagles. I know that Eagles D has looked uh, looked pretty good right now. Um, but having said that, I don't think they've played the best offenses yet. And I think the Cowboys will, will be a real test for that Philly defense. And I think that Prescott and uh, and company will really try and put some points on, on Philadelphia this week. I have had a question come through. So I'm going to answer that. So thanks, John, for tuning in. Should we trade away a running back to focus more on wide receiver flex play? Would that be a good long-term play or, sh- or more of a short-term approach? RB is usually the foundations of the team, but this year has been different. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I, if I'm really honest, I think um, I think what I would be doing is not necessarily trading away running backs because I think there's such a shortage of really good running backs. I think I'd be a little bit careful about giving them away or trading them away for wide receivers. I think the, the waiver wire is so plentiful of wide receivers anyway. Um, you know, look at the. I looked at the Wave Wire podcast. I did that this morning. Rondo Moore is available in eight, over eighty percent of leagues. Tim Patrick's out there. Darius Slayton is out there. Um, you can get really, really good wide receivers on on the Wave Wire, and I think that's going to be true most weeks for your flex play. I think you need those running backs to to potentially fill in those spots. Um, if you're, for example, it depends who you've got. I mean, if you've got guys on there that aren't going to produce and they're not high-value handcuffs, then absolutely. So I'm looking at players like Ty Johnson of the Jets. He's someone that I'd potentially be looking to get rid of um, and potentially moving on to a wide receiver. I'd be looking at players who potentially don't have a back. You know, I'd be looking at players like Tony Jones for another week or two. If they're still not producing, they could be players who I might think about moving on from. But in terms of... Uh, my focus would be just getting more of those stashable wide receivers for flex play. So I'd be raiding my waiver wire. Um, I keep talking about Rondell Moore. I've been talking about him for a few weeks, but Terrence Marshall Jr., Anthony Swartz, KJ Osborne, these are the sorts of guys I think you need to have on your roster because they're going to have value every single week, uh, potentially, especially when it gets to like week six, week seven onwards. Second half of the season, I think these guys have really got all the um, peripherals to potentially break out. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. And put up really good, solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three numbers, which will be more than suitable for your flex. And they're basically free right now. I mean, Rondo Moore isn't any more, but those other guys are potentially. So 
I don't think I'd be trading away running backs unless I've just got pretty bog standard guys, in which case I'd probably be cutting them. I would be more trying to pick up the handcuffs. So if injuries do happen, make sure I've got the high value guys, the Pollards, the Tuba Hubbards, the uh, Alexander Mattisons. These are the sorts of guys I'd be having on my roster. And then on top of that, just making sure I've got solid wide receivers who can fit into my flex plane, uh, into my flex. And then I'd probably be just waiting to see if, the tides change two weeks is a small sample size but i think for next week if i'm thinking about my rosters i'm thinking i need to load up with wide receivers in the flex and i need to stop thinking that running backs are going to turn around and i appreciate it's a small sample size but there's much more safety in the in the wide receiver realm given that 40 50 guys are breaking the double digit barrier and half point ppr and less than less than 20 guys are doing it at the running back position let's focus on getting uh, just getting points on our side and and ticking over because that might just quit that might just turn around if you're oh and two or one and one that fix could could get you a win next week so i'll go with that but good question i appreciate that um talk about battles back players and i've just mentioned through there some some longer term plays so if you have i'm you know i've just mentioned a load of wide receivers there but i'm thinking about guys who potentially could be big factors in the season Terrence Marshall Jr. I'd be adding Rondo more this week. I don't think he's going to be as cheap as he was. If you saw my tweet on Sunday, I hope you added him and I hope you uh, didn't have to pay much in your favor fat budget because I think you're going to have to pay over 10% or maybe more uh, this week. Um, I think in terms of I'm looking at players who potentially are trade low or, or buy low candidates. Um, Kareem Hunt clearly looks like one of those. He's not really performed to... Uh, the standards that we would expect of, of someone like that. So he's someone that I would want to be potentially trying to get uh, Jamal Williams. Uh, although that, that by low window might be uh, quite small. Um, I'd be looking at players like Leonard Fournette. I think he's looked all right, to be perfectly honest. I don't think he's going to be a high end guy, but I think the fact that he plays in both uh, the passing game and the running game, I think he's someone that, could be quite a sneaky sort of buy low guy on on your roster. Miles Gaskin could be someone I think primed. I don't think he's going to put up like big numbers, but I think he's someone that will have solid RB two upside every week or solid RB two numbers every week. And you got if you got to play two running backs, he's someone that people might be getting very twitchy over because he was drafted in fifth round. I think James Robinson's a huge uh, buy low candidate for me. I, I think the numbers will change. I think that. It's just at the moment that Jacksonville offense just isn't prepared. They don't. I don't think they're talking to each other. I don't think really, they really know what's going on. They look a bit shell-shocked at times when they're on the field. There seems to be a lot of confusion. I think they will get better every week, and I think they'll realize they need to run the ball to move the chains because I don't think they've realized that yet, and I think they need to. So these are the sorts of running backs I'd be looking at at, at by lows because I think, I think trends will change. If I'm looking at wide receivers, I'd want to be buying low on right now. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I think people uh, have, have pretty much given up. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Robbie Anderson starts getting dropped, but you know they've just paid him close to $15 million a year over two years. He's someone I would be picking up. I think it, it will change for him. I think they're just getting Donald used to the offense. I think they're just giving Donald some, dare I say it, simpler throws just to get him comfortable winning games. That's not always going to be the case, and I think they're going to stretch the field. And I think that Robbie Anderson is someone who will benefit from that when it happens. Um, Chase Claypool, people might be panicking on him. They draft him in the fifth or sixth round. He's wide receiver 54 right now. 
put an offer out for him this week. See see what people are thinking because he will break out and he will put big numbers up. It's a case of of when uh, and not if. Uh, Jalen Rager is one I really love. I think Jalen Rager was, I mean, he was unlucky. His touchdown was called back. But I think once that offense gets clicking, because it, it doesn't look quite there yet, and they'll have better days than they did on Sunday. Jalen Rager could be one you could you could buy sneakily quite low right now and and could really do well. And J- Jacoby Myers, I think once Mac Jones has got over these sort of starting things, I mean, he looks all right, Mac Jones. He looks comfortable. Of the rookie QBs, he's, he's probably right up there. So far this season, he's not turning the ball over. He's doing the right things as he gets more confident. Jacoby Myers looks like he's going to be his prime target. So these, these are some folks I would be um, buying buying low on right now. I wouldn't be trading for for tight ends. I don't think you you desperately need to. Um, and I don't think you need to trade in one QB leagues for, for a quarterback. I think you can just sit there and be patient and wait in the way for where I'll be plenty for. I think in a super flex, of course, you'll want to try and get younger QBs in depending on where you sit. But I think at the bottom line is I'd be looking to get some of those running backs and wide receivers I've mentioned and, and try and buy them because things will change in two weeks from now. And, and if you miss the breakout on these players, the price goes goes right up. The same way that if you've got any of those players, just don't sell. Just give it a couple of weeks. I mean, the price isn't going to be any lower if they don't perform over two weeks than what they are now. Just hold on a little bit longer. See uh, where you get to. But there's some players I'd be focused on. And as I mentioned, those those candidates, potential stash candidates, depending on how big your bench is, Terrence Marshall Jr., KJ Osborne, um, Anthony Swartz. I mean, Anthony Swartz could be a big thing. On, on uh, I'd, I'd be picking him up this week because there might be no Landry, there might be no Beckham Jr. And, and then where else is going to happen? You know, who else have they got to, to throw the football to? There's, there's not a ton of people. And Juku and, and Hooper can't get all the targets there. You know, they have to have some people run, run out wide. And, you know, he wasn't fit this week, so that's why he didn't get any targets. So don't. Don't worry about Swartz. I think he's going to be a player in that offense uh, for sure and someone I feel pretty pretty confident on. So, yeah, definitely pick them up. Uh, look at your elite running back situations for handcuffs. So Pollard in particular, he's going to get a lot of waiver claims this week. Uh, see if anyone's dropped Trey Sermon. See if anyone's panicked. You know, pick him up. I think his situation changes. Uh, but look at your waiver wire and, and just own it. I think this week is a lot of people are going to panic this week in your leagues. I think a lot of people... I've seen what's happened over the last two weeks, and I think they're going to give up on players. I think I'm 0-2. I need to do something drastic. So I'd make some changes. I'd, I'd f- see what people do and then react to those changes and be very quick. It's Wednesday morning. I'd be raiding whoever has been dropped um, and look at the names. And if, if a Jalen Rager's been dropped, if a Robbie Anderson's been dropped, if a Trey Sermon has been dropped, uh, Zach Moss, these are guys I'd be snapping up tomorrow. So you just keep an eye on who's been dropped uh, and go from there because I think there's some really interesting psychology behind this. And I think some players will be panicking right now. They've invested big draft picks in players. You know, draft pick doesn't matter where you drafted them. It's done. Then once they're picked, the draft picks are irrelevant. They're worthless. So you don't need to worry about where you drafted them. They are what they are. They're your players. You either stick with them and follow the process or you quit on them. And if you quit on them, you don't, you know, you, you have to reap the repercussions, but players do it every year. They give up on players too quickly. Um, so do, th- you know, just keep an eye on those sorts of things and raid the waiver wire this week. But more importantly, see who people drop. I'd be all over leagues on Wednesday morning, making a ton of claims and 
and just seeing who people have dropped, see who has dropped, how much fab has gone. If you're in a fab league, see what people have spent their fab on. Lots of people spend all their fab on Elijah Mitchell. See where people's fab are at and make those decisions that way. I think that's going to do it um, for this week. I, you know, as I said, a bit of shame we didn't get our guest this week. Hopefully he will be able to join us uh, in future weeks. But uh, if anyone wants to jump on very quickly, uh, you know, very happy to have a, have you on for a very quick conversation. Uh, but if not, I, I will wrap it up. Um, appreciate the question. Appreciate uh, all of you for listening. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast version, sorry, it wasn't quite as advertised or as, as would have been expected. Um, wanted to try something different. Wanted to see if people did want to come on and, and ask questions, but appreciate it. it's a, it's a sort of weird time, isn't it? Because people eat dinner or putting kids to bed, uh, et cetera. But uh, just want to say big thanks to, to everyone who has uh, supported this podcast over the last, you know, few weeks, few years, et cetera. Uh, the last three weeks we've continued to smash downloads records. So thanks to all of you and go listen to the other shows on, on, on the network. Uh, the college guys are going live and, I think about half an hour. So make sure you go and check those out. Make sure you go and check out um, the DFS guys and the Dynasty guys who are going live tomorrow night. So check out the Twitter or the YouTube uh, to watch them live or listen to the, doc, uh, the podcast versions. And the IDP guys are going to go live this week as well. And the Return of the Game Show. And apologies, that wasn't here. Last week, some family stuff happened. But the Game Show will be back this week. I absolutely promise you. Um, but if there's no more questions, if no one else wants to kind of jump in for a quick chat, uh, I will sign off here. Uh, appreciate all of you. Don't forget to check out manscaped.com. They are the uh, the Tom Brady of the uh, men's below the, <laughs> men's below the belt grooming. And you know you need the right tools. You need you know the lawnmower 4.0 is the the Tom uh, the Rob Gronkowski to your Tom Brady. So make sure you go and check them out at manscaped.com and use the code five yard for twenty percent off plus free global shipping. Can't recommend it enough. Mine is absolutely superb. Um, and it does have all the necessary skin guard technology so that you don't get those nasty cuts and, and sores and, and, and close shaves. You know, everything um, is well protected and looked after. So, you know, get the right tools for the job and Manscaped will definitely do that for you. But until later on this week, as always, Rush Nation, don't forget, keep rushing. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.